we turn to the state capitol in Albany. There's been a wave of young socialist legislators uh, being elected in the past four years. Forest Forest is one of them before defeating a four-term incumbent in 2020 to win Assembly District 57 in Central Oakland. Farah was a nurse and a tent organizer. Since arriving in Albany, she's been fighting for the working class on any number of issues. And earlier this year, she became a mom for the first time with the birth of her son, David. We're excited to learn more about how she's been juggling all these responsibilities and how it's affected the way she sees the issues she's been fighting for. Assemblymember Farah Safran Forrest, welcome back to WBAI Radio. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, yeah, it's great to have you again, uh, uh, Farah. So, uh, first of all, congratulations on, on the birth of your son. Uh, how did you uh, celebrate uh, Mother's Day on Sunday? Oh, I just had a quiet dinner with my family and I definitely made lasagna, so that way I don't hear about it, about starving husbands throughout the week. <laughs> okay. Still always juggling. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, how have you uh, juggled uh, raising a newborn child with all the responsibilities of being a state legislator? Well, I mean, it's a lot. Like even Like, even as we speak here, John, I can't stay for too long because I have session going on right now but um it is difficult because oftentimes I'm with David here and we're in session together or we're in conference together um or we're in district events together like it's just one big schedule that includes diaper changes legislation um mommy and me time and nap times along with lobby meetings just a lot. Right. Has he been on the floor of the assembly yet? He has been, but has not been officially presented yet. Okay. I see. Uh, so how has be- becoming a mom changed your perspective on your work as a legislate- legislator? Or uh, how has it maybe sharpened your perspective on certain issues you may have already been engaged with? Right. Um, it's definitely just made it very focused and very narrowed for me about what's important to support constituents in Brooklyn. Um, When we talk about, like when I think about David, food insecurities are really important. Um, Making sure that housing is secure. Um, Making sure that if something happens to David, I have insurance to cover the, the emergency trip. Like, these are the emergency room trips. So these are the things that like constantly like as a parent revolve in my brain. And I try to put myself in the place of most average Brooklynites and be like, okay, well, if this is affecting me this way, then it must be affecting others. Because I think of myself just as a run-of-the-mill working class person. So if I'm struggling, I am sure someone else is struggling, but if more. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, one issue you've uh, uh, been involved with in the past is uh, is tenants' rights and tenant activism. Uh, you all are now in the second half of uh, this year's legislative session now that the state budget has been passed. Uh, how important is uh, winning good cause eviction? I mean, winning good cause eviction is the crux of the 
start, well, not start, but the, the continuation of the fight for rent stabilization um, in 2019, now we need to make sure that everyone feels very stable in their homes. Um, the good cause, uh, the good cause bill really should be, you know, named, I got a right to <laughs> dignity <laughs> while I pay the rent bill. Because <laughs> it's really just right talking on. about, hey, I've got the check. You need this check. So let's let's put some respect on this check. If I'm handing it to you, please renew my lease. Like, you know, it doesn't say that it's anti-eviction. It's anti-non, it's anti-corporate landlords. That's what it really is. <laughs> this bill is anti-corporate okay. uh, corporate landlords. So. Right. It, 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 I mean, would you want to just summarize a little bit more what, what good cause of eviction uh entails uh for people who haven't been mm-hmm. the, the the meat and the juice of the bill is saying that if you have a tenant living in your building or house or basement i don't care where the point is you um should renew their lease unless something is barring you from renewing the lease um and if you don't want to renew the lease then we should engage um you know conversations beyond uh the two parties landlord and tenant and engage you know the courts and right. rent hikes yes. mm-hmm. right because it, it would uh, it would limit rent hikes to one um one and a half times the rate of inflation correct right right so we're looking at what i think it's nine percent now yeah. i don't remember it's the exact percent. right now but, yeah. Uh, yeah, inflation's around 8%. So, I mean, that would Eight. still allow for a 12% rent hike. So, um, at least at, at this time, hopefully inflation will go down again in, in the near future. Yeah, but it's really just looking, it at least provides some guidelines because what we're seeing okay. on the districts, what we're seeing on the ground is that mm-hmm. people are going how they want to go. And it's, it's, it's again, it's not talking about the small mom and pop landlords. We're talking about corporate landlords who literally are there to make a buck. Right. And, and also, I mean, just to be clear for listeners, uh, I mean, good cause of eviction doesn't mean no cause eviction. I mean, if, if a tenant is ba- behaving badly, menacing their neighbors, uh, you know, has music going on, blaring all night or has a, you know, a pet alligator in their bathtub, you know, things things that would be, you know, out of line, they would still, uh, they could still be evicted if, if they're behaving badly. John, you're talking about pet alligators. This actually came up during a hearing where someone said, well, about the pet giraffe. That's been a running joke. Uh, anybody got giraffes around here? Yeah, someone, a landlord really talked about how there was a giraffe. And this is a hypothetical case of a pet giraffe. I think we have more than just um, housing situation. So, <laughs> right. Um, it, it, so speaking of this, so I mean, this, uh, you know, I, I think it would uh, benefit something like 1.5 million households in the state of New York, more than 5 million uh, in, individuals. Um, and and I understand May 17th is a day where uh, tenants are coming to Albany to make their voice heard. Yes, yes. And when we talk about those those people that would be affected by good cause um, eviction bill, we're talking about people who aren't our traditional New York City renters. We're talking about across the state, people who have been 
subjected to the whims of whatever. But here we're talking about a class of people who've never, who don't even have housing court, that don't have any tenants really regulations on requiring a, a, a place to have a window, a room to have a window. We're talking about municipalities that have no tenant protection. So we're talking about the people who need it the most. Right. And uh, in, in 2019, when, when the, the, the rent stabilization laws were reformed and improved, uh, you were up in Albany, I understand, uh, uh, protesting and, and, and got arrested with dozens of other activists uh, from Crown Heights Tenant Union and other groups. Uh, how, I guess if you could reflect for a moment on um, uh, going from being an outsider uh, protesting and getting arrested and being one of the legislators that people are now coming to uh, uh, coming to see. Well, you know, John, that's why when you say on May 17th that, you know, tenants are coming, I'm like, oh, I got to get ready because that's the day I'm going to put on my sneakers and I'm going to join my friends, my loves all out on the on the front lines because that's where the real action happens. I mean, 2019, um, I think the day was June 4th, where, you know, I got um, arrested uh, at the steps of the people's house the assembly house you Uh know they thought we was crazy you know they thought that again what I say is I just want a little dignity when I pay the rent you -hmm. know that this was insane and they thought that this you know movement was laughable like this wasn't something that was rooted in 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 transformative changes in the community people making it up to Albany People like me, who's putting it all on the line. I mean, I'm a professional. I'm not supposed to have arrests on my record. Like, I could lose my license because of this stuff. But what's a license? What's a nursing license if I am not able to live in a home? And so, you know, coming from that point and now being on the inside and being like, listen, y'all need to stop playing games with people's lives because what happened here? It's going to keep on happening around the state. People understand that housing is not a commodity. Housing is not a, a luxury. It's not a privilege. It's a, it's a right. And so we need to make sure we protect people's rights and what that means to people when they say they have a house and a home. So um, I'm really excited to see my tenants come up. Um, I love Tenant Tuesdays in general. And so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, great. And uh, uh, another issue, a pressing issue of the moment uh, is uh, the looming uh, demise of, of Roe versus Wade. And uh, I wanted to, I guess, ask, first of all, your perspective on, on the difference it makes uh, between freely deciding to have a child and being compelled by the state to carry a pregnancy to term. Uh, how do you see that now that you've gone through the experience? Well, it's so funny. I'm, um, the day that the Supreme Court's draft came out and, you know, everybody's riled up here, you know, we, we know what the deal is about pro, what, what about abortion rights and how important it is to protect that. And so, um, rights to abortion, excuse me. Um, and so I'm with another colleague of mine. I'm like, we're, we're pushing our babies, and I'm like, are we sure they're the right ones to be at this rally? Are we really the 
the people to talk about <laughs> this stuff. And, you know, she said, she said, Farrah, we're pro-choice. Like, we made a choice. Um, David is a choice, you know, I made for my family and for myself, you know, and I'm, deal- you know, I live with my choice and I'm happy with my choice. So when I say I'm pro-choice, I am pro-people making decisions for themselves that really fits where they should be at in their life and for the future that they hope for themselves. So I really don't understand why people want to stamp their, you know, approval on other people's body. It's my body, my body, like my body, my decisions, my rights. Like you can't tell me what to do um, with it. So. Well, there's certainly some people that want to try. Um, of course they can. <laughs> try. Uh, right. Now, uh, uh, Roe versus Wade uh, was codified into law in, in New York State, I believe, in 2019. I believe your yep. uh, uh, Julia Salazar was one of the leaders in that in the, in the state Senate. Uh, but it, what more can the state of New York do to stand in solidarity with not only here in New York, but in other states who might need to flee uh, to, to New York to get a safe and legal abortion? The next thing now is to really codify in our constitution the rights, the the, the protecting people um, and prote- unprotected classes of people. I think there's the the underlying um, tones of this messaging um, that is anti-abortion is that people are the same. People need to be treated the same. And that's not it at all. So now we have, uh, I forget the hashtags these days. I think it's equity now or something like that. But basically, there is going to be a, huh? What did you say? I'm sorry, John. Go on. Oh, but there is like this idea that, you know, we really need to have in our constitution, you know, signed, sealed, that protected classes of people. And um, when we talk about LGBTQ, when we talk about women, when we talk about, you know, pregnant persons, like we need to have a constitution that protects unprotected people. And so um, that is the next step. I know in the New York legislature, um, and that should be an example for the rest of the state because the state protects religious freedoms, but and the, the feds protect religious freedoms, but it does not protect you for the freedoms of everything else that you do from Monday through Saturday and not on, you know, the holy day. So we need protections for that. Right. And uh, do you think New York should uh, allocate additional funds to be able to aid and support uh, women who might be fleeing from other states uh, to come here? Oh, definitely, definitely. I heard that the, I was reading that the governor um, is actually, you know, beginning conversations with the feds to feds to talk about um, really looking at the, looking to for for federal funds um, to Mm -hmm. assist in that. But I also think that one of the things that really, um, and, you know, John, I am a nurse. So when I hear people talk about, oh, well, you know, in the states where people have, um, you know, anti-abortion laws, there's a pill that they can take, that they can order online. Um, No, 
that is absolutely not appropriate. Abortion should be a supervised activity, a medically supervised activity. There's no way to unhealth this very healthcare issue. So when I say abortion is healthcare, we need to make sure that women understand, women or women with with uterus, people with uteruses, understand that this is a place that they need to be seeking protection and they deserve that. There's no reason why someone would be forced to have an abortion in silence. That is criminal. Mm. And uh, we we just have a a couple more minutes here. Uh, You're right. You in your first term, you're up for re-election, and uh, you, you're facing a, a challenge this year. You, uh, in 2020, you knocked off a four-term incumbent who was a protege of Brooklyn Congressman uh, Hakeem Jeffries, and, and now you have a, a, a well-funded challenger who's also backed by Jeffries. Uh, how, how are you feeling about being up for re-election, and, and how's, how's that going? Um, to be honest, I need to be very you know, clear that if people really paid attention to my first race, they would understand that this is a race that was for the people, by the people, and rep- represents a person that is of the people. And so when you have a nurse, a mother, a Black woman, and dare I say a socialist Black woman, it is not about me it's about us so if you are not supporting this race if you're not supporting farah sufra forest you're actively against everybody and every black person in brooklyn i don't care what anybody says but that is exactly what it is and so for me this race is not just about my perennial challenger because she's always running the race but it's about how the powers that is centered around Brooklyn is released is unable to release the idea that power is concentrated and that in fact power is in everybody's voting hand. Mm. And, and what's the situation with redistricting? Uh, I understand that assembly maps are now also uh, headed into the courts, and, and those primaries may be pushed back to August as well. Well, there's no formal decision yet. And so um, we're all waiting for the final court decisions. I believe it should be today or tomorrow, sometime this week, that um, the final decisions will be made. Okay. And, and, and last of all, in, in your time in office, uh, what have you learned or what has what uh, surprised you most about your position uh, that you, you didn't expect or wouldn't have uh, imagined before you were actually inside the state legislature? Um, To be honest, the uh, most surprising thing is how disconnected Albany politics in Albany, the conversation, the discourse that happens in Albany is so different, separate from what is actually happening on the ground. Um, I think that there, it's a problem. That is the most important, that is what I was most, wow. I, there's no words to explain the shock that I feel about how different when I step through the LOB versus my district office. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll have to leave it there. But Farah Sufrant Forrest, uh, Democratic thank Socialist you. Assembly member and nurse and new mother, thank you so much for joining us this evening on WBAI 99.5.